getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host. I'm joined by my old mucker, my teammates, my good friend, Gunnar Hilsey, Trevor, uh, and also to Dan, Daniels, Dannys. <laughs> Who knows? It's going to get very bloody confusing. We got Dan Dan uh, Gunning, my mate from the North Bank, and we have Daniel Danny from um, the uh, uh, Burkamp Wonderland uh, podcast as well. So um, let's go to let's go to Danny um, from well, the Burkamp Wonderland. I'm named after my granddad, who's named Daniel, but they called him yeah. Dan. But my mum's always called me Danny. So bloody fool. <laughs> so how are you, mate? Oh, the polite answer is I'm tickety boo. The true answer is oh, my body's falling apart, and uh, uh, yeah. That's okay. It. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's called older age, isn't it? So, <laughs> it you know. is, but it only hit me at fifty-one. Before fifty-one, uh, yeah. that was good. And now at fifty-one and a half, it's gone now. No, no, no. no yeah, I'm, 50, I'm, 50, I'm fifty-one and a half as well. As well. Hello, uh, Ruth in the in the chat. How are you? Um, Dan, Dan Gunning, the the Moroccan sunset was glowing, and you, you, you know you were cherry red down at Bournemouth uh, this weekend. How are you doing? I was. I've recovered now. I've uh, I did have a few that day. I've um, as we have the last few games of football, but yeah, really good. Looking forward to the next one on the weekend. Really, it's good to have football back. It's good to have meetups with the lads again and a few beers. Brilliant, Trev. Again, from afar, uh, I know it's going to be Manchester in a couple of weeks that we meet uh, uh, for the first time this season. How you been keeping, mate? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm fine, thank you. Absolutely buzzing about the football. I'm purring. I, I um, really struggled to watch the game against Bournemouth because everybody knows I've been a big attendee and uh, at the moment, circumstances don't allow me to go to every game. And it, it was I never realised how difficult it was going to be. Um, especially when 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 you see the football we're playing, football we've all been waiting for for seasons, we suddenly you know we suddenly started playing it, and uh, I'm just buzzing. You know, I, I'm lost for words to describe how happy I am with how we started the season. Just before you move on, Fergus, and people are saying, um, you know, we we haven't played any of the big teams yet, but I don't care. A Premier League team is a Premier League team, and they're out there to beat, and, and we've been beating them so. Wonderful. I'm over the moon with what we're doing, mate. Mm, yeah. Uh, before we get on um, uh, the, the, and talk about the Bournemouth game, you will have seen um, there was black armbands uh, uh, being worn for Steve uh, Braddock. Steve won many, many awards for that uh, carpet of a pitch that was um, in Highbury. He died in his, um, I think it was mid-50s, 52, 53. I haven't got it on front of me right now. It's 58. Uh, 58. Still no age at all, uh, mm. Danny. No age at all. So, we, you know, we pass on the condolences to, to his family and uh, wish uh, wish him all the best. Um, so he's, 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 he set the standard, Fergus, Steve. Steve, right? Set the standard that others followed. Wonderful, wonderful groundsman. Sad loss to our great club. Sorry, mate. Go on. No, no, that's fine. That's that, that. That's absolutely fine. Look, we had thirteen hundred and ten away fans. There was a big problem with ticket allocation. Trevor, you put a tweet up um, uh, when the tickets went on sale. There's been there's been problems generally with getting away allocations to people who have got 
a lot of credits. Uh, Manchester United, which uh, we were talking about before we went online, sold out at, um, that was at Brentford, I think, sold out at, at 41 credits. And people with 40 credits, you would have thought, would automatically get a ticket, Trev, wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't know. Whether they made a mistake or not, I don't know, Fergus. I've not looked any deeper into it. But it's always like, you know, it was 40 plus was, was, the, was the step. And then it would be 30 plus. But, but it wasn't actually 40 plus this time. It was 41 plus for some reason. Whether they've got the settings wrong, it caused a bit of a, caused a bit of a hoo ha. But I'm, I think everybody got their tickets for um, for Man United because I think it sold out at about 15 plus or 10 plus. So 10, 10, it went to 10. Yeah. Man United went to 10. Hopefully they'll sort that. So yeah, but not good, not good. Not good. Uh, a man who did have a ticket um, was Dan, Dan Gunning. Um, Dan, uh, you obviously got your ticket uh, through uh, contacts and so on. bit over face value, but you went out in there and you had a great old time. What was the atmosphere like down there? Talk, talk to us about the atmosphere. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, it's quite a strange one because I, I think just before the game on the concourse, it was it was loud as, as most away games are, but it, it didn't seem any different. But then we got out as soon as the game started, in the sun, crowd was chanting. It was, it, it was brilliant. One of the best away atmospheres I've seen. And then I watched it back on the TV after. It, it sounded just as loud on the um, on the TV. But um, yeah, the, it's great great to see the fans fully behind the team and, and new songs flying about everywhere. Um, it's what we need. You know, we need we need some some fresh songs. Get the crowd behind them rather than the same old sort of boring ones that we have and uh yeah i've not been able to get that song out of my head for for the whole week since yeah. R- ruth we have got we've, we've got a nice montage of um the saliva song lined up uh, and uh ruth is also doing a saliva bottle of tequila p- uh, painting if you want to get it from from her etsy site danny um do 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 how bad has that been in your brain <laughs> well especially as that's the name of um, this the podcast this week and i did it da 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 and so carl called me an idiot and said i had one bloody job and i got it wrong and then i got the number of da da's wrong and then i got the number of doo-doos wrong which is the story of my life uh, it's just fantastic it's uh, they were saying on um uh, ac jimbo's podcast that the the chanting for that song went on for most of one half i didn't it did uh, it it, it did. It, it started, and that was before he scored the goal. And then he scored the goal, and it just carried on until half time. There was a few chances that they tried to get going. They tried to get the Shaka one going, which I think which had a mixed. Nice. Yeah, it was a mixed reception. Let's put it that way. Uh, and the the Jesus one, uh, Danny uh, um, was saying. Now Dan was saying. This is going to get confusing, isn't it? Um, that Dan was saying it was going off on the concourse really well, but not so much in the in in the stands. Um, but listen, I'll tell you what, without further ado, just, just have a little look at this. So, yeah, Dan, Brilliant. you're famous. I, I put that up on Instagram. I put it up on um, 
I put it up on Instagram and Twitter, and I think it's about 10,000 views. Trevor, we talked, because uh, I, I, I messaged you uh, saying, because I couldn't get a ticket for the game, and all the guys were sending us messages of these WhatsApps, and that's like a little montage of them. Um, it, as you said, it's it's painful being, being not being there, and it's so hard to get them, isn't it, Trev? Yeah, it's... It, it's I, I'm in a very lucky position that I can get tickets, Fergus, um, and, and I can't go for other reasons. But I do feel for all these... You see, the youngsters that want to get the tickets nowadays, they, they have to build their credits, and, and it's a difficult thing to do. But I can't think of another way of doing it, Fergus, with the tickets, mate, because all those people that have got those credits, all the people I know, they go to every game. You know, they go to the games, and they've been going for... More years than I care to remember, and they travelled all over the world and all over Europe, and and built their built their credits. I mean, my credits I've got. I started off, and I was going to all the far out Eastern European away games and all the League Cup away games just to build me credits up, you know, to uh to get me up to a uh, to to a level where I can get tickets. But it is difficult, and I do feel for them people that can't go. And I had it firsthand, mate. Watching that game against Bournemouth was so so hard. So hard when the Arsenal mm. play that well, you know. You see, that's another thing, Fergus. I've, 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 I've raised another subject there without even thinking about it. Two or three seasons ago, when we couldn't win an away game for Toffee, tickets were nowhere as difficult to get, you know. It's because we're winning games. We are now more of an attraction, you know. I, I totally agree. I'd, I've had about four or five people recently talk to me in, in my local boozer saying, I want to get tickets my young boy wants to go and so on you weren't asking me last year you weren't weren't asking me two years ago uh, and now you're asking me i said have you got a membership no 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 he hasn't got a membership but can you sort me out i gotta get a membership and then join some facebook groups and, and that sort of stuff listen we're here to talk about the bournemouth game it was the same starting 11 for the last three games the last time we done that starting 11 was in the invincible season of 2003 through 2004. Looking at that start, starting 11 with Ramsdale, White, Saliba, uh, Gabriel and Zinchenko. Shaq and Party in the centre uh, with um, Saka, Odegaard, Martelli and Jesus up top. Um, Danny Burkamp Wonderland, uh, what did you make of having the same... This is going to get... This is just the easiest way to do it, isn't it? Yeah, um, time to <laughs> um, uh, What did you make of having that same starting 11? Uh, do you think that will remain our starting eleven for like, the majority of games going forward? Um, and, and you know, it, the last time we had a, a solid starting eleven like that was in two thousand three, two thousand and four. Consistency, isn't it? And it's uh, we've had so many years where we would have uh, one player playing all the time, no matter how rubbish they were, like we saw, and, and other situations we had like tyranny. If tyranny didn't play down the left, we had no one to play down the left. And we've had so many years of that happening. It's, and that's been part of what the problem is. You need to have continuity. You need to have your best players available. And we've, we've been lucky in the last um, about 18 months. We've not had any major long-term injuries. We've not had any Sonogos, Ramseys, Rasikis, uh, Catholas, any of that nonsense. And everything's just coming together nicely. And then I, I think back to probably about 18 months ago, and what everybody was saying that um, Mikel doesn't have a plan. Well, Mikel did have a plan, and his plan was to get the players that he wanted in the positions that he wanted, with the adaptability that he wanted, and he's got all that now, and it's showing. Just that we had to hashtag 
have a little patience or whatever the hashtag was when it came to Arsenal at the time. He, he's proved mm. everybody wrong. And I like that little petition that's going around on Twitter. It's uh, an apology to Mikel Arteta. You sign your name and then you tweet it to, I don't know, whoever. I don't know if Mikel was on Twitter, but you have to tweet it to him and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. You were right. And it's wonderful to see. I, I can think of a few flip flops I could copy in on that on 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 that um on that uh, on that tweet. Uh, I haven't. Uh, well, <laughs> Trevor, Trevor, just take it easy, mate. Um, listen, Trevor, look look at that starting eleven. Uh, same starting eleven since um, two thousand three, two thousand four. The only players that we have had present um, since Arteta's first game, which was in Bournemouth in twenty nineteen, is Saka and Shaka. You know how the squad has changed, and that's what we got left out of what he inherited. So you can see the rebuild. Oh, look, Danny! Danny just nailed it, didn't he? The, the, the real, the re, We've been saying it now, as ever since Arteta came into the club. You don't build a team overnight from what Arteta inherited. It's absolutely impossible, and that's proven now by the fact that on the against Bournemouth, only two out of the eleven that started his first game played. So that shows just how much of a massive job. Arteta had on his hands and I've got to say I've got to say I still feel sorry for Unai Emery I still don't think he got anywhere near the support that Arteta's getting and if he'd have had that approach uh, Emery has since proved he's a a wonderful manager but that's that's done and gone so but look as we just said um, Arteta you you nailed it Fergus Arteta played two of the players that played in his first game in what is it three years yeah, he's yep. changed nine of the starting lineup. You don't do that overnight. That takes a couple of years. And now we're starting to see, we're starting to reap the rewards. And and those that were patient can now hold their heads up high. And those that weren't so patient can pretend they were and join the join the gang and cheer Arteta on this season. Uh, uh, Danny Gunning, um, Saka's one hundredth Premier League game. Um, we'll go back to Trevor in a second as well uh, on this, but uh, just your opinion of the starting eleven, the Saka Shaka uh, since 2019 and his 100 Premier League game. What's your thoughts on that? I think that's that's a res- response to quite a lot that's been going on behind the scenes of the club, and I, and I think you know, we've seen on um, the All or Nothing series how important the backing staff and the rest of the club is, and you know we we can look at the starting eleven and say that's changed. We can look at the squad and say that's changed, but. There's so much more with the club that has changed. And they are trying to build a relationship back with the fans. They are trying to promote youth through the club, which helps that massively. And obviously, we've seen that the likes of um, Saka that's now, he said, at his 100th game. But also just in the in, in the staff in general around around the club. And, you know, like speaking of Steve earlier, you know, from, from groundsmen up and everyone in the background of the club, um, they all have such an important role in changing his club, not not just the starting eleven. No, I agree, agree. Before we go to Trevor on this one, um, what are we eating then, Danny? What is on the menu in Burkham's Wonderland? I have to have it in a bowl, otherwise I'll drop it. I've got processed peas, pork loins with um, paprika powder on them, and these new these new Tesco things. They're breaded chicken, and they don't contain bum holes or ear holes or eye holes, which is an absolute miracle. Three fifty <laughs> for two. But because uh, I'm old and knackered, it took me 20 minutes to get it out of the cooker, out of the oven. Oh, I've Trevor, seen come, uh, come and, 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 and moddy cuddle me, for God's sake. There's got to be someone well, out there, please. Yeah. <laughs> and anybody on Twitter, get you know, get get yourself oh, down God, to... No. to, to... <laughs> I'll end up in a, in a suitcase somewhere. 
You probably would, actually. You probably would. Trevor, uh, you saw Saka play his very first game in the Europa League in November, 20, uh, November 2018. In that time, out in the Ukraine, which we talked about, in which you brought your article for the Guna fanzine. Um, and, uh, you know, for his 100th Premier League game to be against Bournemouth and his debut to be against Fulham, which we played next. It's all like the stars have aligned, isn't it? So w- what's your opinion that, of the player and how he's, how he's come along? Well, I, I, as you just said, Fergus, I was very fortunate to be in the Ukraine to watch Bukayo Saka come on as a substitute when we played against Poltava in Kiev. We should have played him in Poltava in 2018, but uh, a few of us got to Poltava and uh, then the Russians started getting a bit leery and they declared martial law, law where we were. Um, Missy saw it on Sky News and it scared the living daylights out of her when Sky News said there's Arsenal fans trapped in Poltava. And she eventually got hold of me and she said, uh, what are you doing? And I said, well, nothing, I'm drunk, I'm drinking beer. Yeah, you were very drunk. <laughs> I'll sort it out in the morning. But they were lovely people. I must just say about the Poltavan people, I feel for them now. I've got to know a few of them, wonderful people. And I pray every night. I'm not I know, a religious man, but I pray every night for the well-being of those lovely people that I met when I went. Um, and then, of course, we all travelled up to Kiev when the game was rearranged to Kiev. And... <clears throat> Bukayo Saka was, was quoted as saying it was the coldest night he's ever experienced in his life. And he came on as a substitute. And from the very moment he set foot on that field, I thought, we've got a player here. He just looked different gravy. He just looked different class. And, and uh, I've never had a reason since to change my opinion. And I've watched him develop into a full England international and someone that's obviously proud of our club. And it's, it's wonderful. I'm so proud of the fact I was there to see him make his debut. Um, and as I say, I love him the bits. He's a superstar. But to be honest, when I when I heard the fact come up on the in the commentary, I I made a note of it there and then because I knew that you'd want to talk about it. Because as we said, you've done the the Cuda fanzine, you've written the article about your trip. We've done it on on the Guns and Yellow Ribbons uh, website as well. Uh, the similar sort of article, very 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 similar. And we've talked about it on here, and and you recall the story about the groundsman letting you in around the gate, and it was just it's just really really one of those one of those away days and one of those away day memories that you'll always remember. Yeah, the, the, when we went when the game was postponed, we went up to the the ground in Poltava, and they put security fencing around the ground, and there were lots of people from Poltava there trying to find out what was going on, and uh, they were lovely, friendly people, and. Uh, when one of the stewards behind the, the fence knew that we were English, he said, come, come with me. I speak English. Come with me. And we thought, what's he doing? Me and Terry, my, my good friend, Terry, we went and he took us through a gap in the fence and he let us go into the Poltava store. And I like to buy a little badge, you know, when I go to these grounds. And he took us in the, in the ground, showed us all around the ground. Brilliant. Such friendly people. Such friendly people. I, I, we're going to have to cut it there, Fergus, because I'll go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Listen, um, a, a, a player that um, Danny Gunning, a player that has come into some criticism, especially at Palace away, was our captain uh, Martin Odegaard, um, who, for me, I didn't understand the criticism. Uh, I thought he'd done a lot more than just the two fluffs of his lines, and he has been just just pulling the strings in that like forward midfield role. He got a brace in the opening ten minutes. Um, talk to us about those opening goals and and, and how it was re- received in the ground. Yeah, I, I, I'm struggling to see why he gets criticised, to be honest with you. I, I think he's a great player and, and a lot of what he does goes unnoticed. You know, he, he is that type of player that will keep things ticking over, keep things moving. And and 
just his movement. And I think that's that's what you see with with the goals that he got. His movement and to get in the box and get on the end of it and, and clean up, obviously, when the keeper spilt it. Um, a, a good finish to take it off of Jay-Z's for the second one. But his, his movement around the pitch is fantastic. He finds pockets of space all the time. And because he's so good on the ball, he attracts people to him, the same as, as Saka does. Um, and and that is what's creating spaces for the likes of Martinelli and, and Jesus that are, that are sort of have a, you know, a great start to the season. Um, I've even seen people criticising Saka a little bit, saying that you know he's, he's not had many sort of goals, assists, and, and that much involvement this year. But that, that's the way that the team is set up: is that they they're such a well balanced team now that uh, as the opposition, you can't just target one player. And, and it is creating spaces for the team. And I think if you take Erdegaard out of that, there's a big void to fill. Um, I'm not sure we've got anyone, maybe potentially Vieira, depends on how he gets on, but anyone that can fill his role, to be honest. Danny, Bracken, what the land? I know you're talking about food in the chat and, you know, your dinner is seems to be the biggest <laughs> subject going. But could we have your opinion on Martin Odegaard, if you wouldn't mind? You were saying earlier, GM, <clears throat> you and Trevor saying about people that want to go to games and they've oh well, I've not been bothered before because Arsenal were no good and now I want to go again because they're good. It is the it's a double thing of the instant gratification society where everyone everything can we want it now. And also it's the FIFA generation of which I am I'm a i I'm I'm from the sensible soccer kickoff generation. But these these young people who, who go to watch football for the first time, they probably only compare it to when they're playing FIFA or they're playing football manager, where you're the player will be 100% that player every single game, week in, week out. They're going to do the same stuff. They're going to be the same. They're not going to have... It's not going to come up on FIFA that Bukayo Saka's had a dodgy curry and he's feeling a bit delicate today or or Granite Xhaka hasn't had a good night's sleep because the kids are screaming. They're, they're the same thing all the time. And so when I see people complaining about Odegaard, I'm thinking maybe you need to go to the game and just watch Odegaard because when you're going to see Odegaard on the telly, you're not going to have a camera dedicated to him. And moaning mm. about Saka, I mean, it should be it should be a hate crime for football for to mo- say anything negative about Saka. He has built up enough. He has carried Arsenal enough for, for the rest of his career to, to go full Martin Hayes and only have one good season. He's, he's got all that built up. And for these people to complain about that, I'm, I'm thinking, what what do you expect? Do you think, even if you look at the greatest players in the world, they don't do that unless you're playing in La Liga and you're playing for Barcelona. You're not going to be doing three or four um, assists or goals every week, week in, week out. You're going to have um, um, slow patches. And then, the, the I mean, I've said to so many times in recent years that any of those Premier League teams outside of the top four, which Spurs are not one of, they would kill to have one player of Martinelli, of Saka, of, of Erdegaard, of Smith Rowe. Normally, like, like Aston Villa had Jack Grealish. That's it. Teams are lucky if they get one. We have got four or five. And some, now we've got hey, Jesus, we've got five or six with Zhenchenko. We've got so many of these. And you, and back in the day, you would have had, a few a couple of years ago, you'd have had two men on Saka the entire game. We saw against Crystal Palace, they, they he kicked his standing leg and nearly killed him. Because that's mm. what they have to do. Now, when we go and play teams, they're going, well, we need 15 players on the pitch. We need two on Martinelli. We need two on Saka. We need a couple on um, Jesus. And then people need to look at that. People who don't understand or are new to football or, or just they're looking for attention. Just look at that and go, we are playing the beautiful game at the highest level. Look at the start for the season Liverpool have had and Man City. And we're, we're the best team in the league at the moment after three games. But I, I'll take that when I can get it. 
I, I agree, and, and the stats are, are fantastic. The last time that we had uh, won our first three games was 18 years ago in 2004-2005 season. I uh, Steve that. in the Czech, 2004-2005, yeah, you're probably drunk. Um, Steve in the chat says, I didn't see any criticism, he scored a brace. He did score a brace. We're talking about over the last three games earlier in the season, Odegaard did come into some criticism. And myself and Trevor have talked about Sake in particular as well, that um, after the Palace game, we, we, we were chatting on the phone and we said he was quiet, but actually... Yeah, he mightn't have been in the forefront of people's of attention. He wasn't always, uh, you know, scoring. But he, he, Trev, help me out. He 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 does an awful lot, a bit like Odegaard. He does an awful lot more than just Fergus, being. Fergus, sharp waffling a minute. Let me help you out, son. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> we've said it. We we can stand by our words, mate. We we, we we've said it before. Um, when it comes to appreciating, and, and Danny just said it. When it comes to appreciating players and what they do, I, I don't. I've got no, I've got lots of time for TV fans. I, I've got no problem with TV fans. You've I am one now. Time as I have, right? But mm. when you are, we've said it before. When you're at the ground, as Danny just just alluded to, you can. You're not a TV camera. You're seeing what's going on all over the pitch. You're seeing players' movement off the ball. You're seeing them finding space and and covering back. Newcastle away is a prime example. You're up on level seven there and you get to see how a game is being played. And of course, when it's on the television, the, the cameras tend to, most of the time, follow the ball and follow the player on the ball. So you're going to get a different perspective at times. And and, and, and so, yeah, you know, you're not going to see what Odegaard does a lot of the time. And the other thing is, and, and Dan said it, I think, we, the difference to three, four, five, two, three, four, five seasons ago is that we do now carry a threat in all angles of the field, in all areas. You name any of our front eight players and our defenders, and you can think when they're on the ball, they can be a threat. You know, Saliba can score a goal, Gabriel can score a goal, Tierney bombs up and down the wing. White is as strong as an ox, you know. You've got uh, Tommy Yasu, uh, uh, right fullback, who can run the length of the field and play as a winger. And when you move in front of those, I'm not going to name all the players, but you name me one player who's not capable of cre creating goal chances, and I'll call you wrong. Because we've got we, we've got space makers and playmakers all over the field. It's exciting time. We need to keep this positive. You know, we, we've won three games. We're top of the league. It's early in the season. Well, let's make the most of it. Let's enjoy it, absolutely, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, and a guy who scored an on-goal last week, which wasn't really his fault, scored an absolute corker. You can see the re reaction from Zinchenko, which I do have on this clip. But um, let, let's let, let's just play the goal. I won't play, play too much of it, but let's play Saliba's the third goal. Oh. Fergus, we need to invent a time machine so then yeah. gooners that are moaning on Twitter, we can take them back and let them watch Vieira, Burkamp, Henri, Adams and go, see that game there, it was shocking. I've shouted at all of those players. I shouted at Burkamp once, sort your bloody life out, just before he signed his, his second contract. All players have bad games. 
they they weren't scrutinised as much back then. I've just got a cut in here, Fergus. I'm sorry. Demsek, I had a mouthful of tea then, mate. You nearly made me spit it out laughing. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you the point about Ramsdale. But his distribution is pretty good most of the time, you know. Yeah, so I'm I'm having him and all, yeah. So, so um, what do we make of that goal then? Saliba's um, Corker's and Jenko's reaction. Danny Burke and Wonderland. Uh, away you go. Oh, sorry, he's eating. So, no, should I we was, move on to somebody else? I'm, I'm watching ABW <laughs> on the other. I've got uh, ABW on the other thing. Just cause I have to show my face. Otherwise, they get the ump with me. They might have, might depose me. Uh, his goal okay. was um, was an absolute thing of beauty. And I hadn't seen. I was although I was watching it. I make notes during the game for the post game show. And I hadn't seen all of Zinchenko's celebration. And then someone um, put it on Twitter. And then I, I shared it in one of the WhatsApp groups. It drops to his knees. This is a bloke who's won four Premier League titles. He looks at it, drops to his knees as if he's just seen the baby Jesus on a motorbike or something. It's unbelievable that and he's just shaking his head. And you think, was it really that good? And then they show it again. And they show it again. I mean, it's his first ever goal. To get it on the volley like he got it is... Just don't expect that from him again. That is a the kind of thing that Xhaka and Party do once a season. So don't expect it for him from him for a, for a while again. But look at that face, and he needs to. We need to get him to sign a new contract because he is. Uh, I think he's only got a, a year after this season, and he, he is indeed. one of the most important players we've got. And he is so young. The kids, blokes, barely out of nappies. Uh, Danny, um, what was your thoughts? And there, obviously, the song had started, uh, and then you WhatsApp me with your little clip and made me feel even worse. But it, obviously, it was it was euphoric in the stadium. Yeah, firstly, never send Fergus a video because it got his viral after that. But um, <laughs> yeah, Especially I, when you're drunk. I made him yeah, be responsible yeah. of the job and everything else. Yeah, huge, huge regret. But um, I was I was right behind right behind the goal and. Um, you know, centre half, wrong foot, and he's just bent that into the corner. Brilliant strike. Another thing that stands out from that, though, another Xhaka another assist. Um, obviously, that would have turned into a big Xhaka talk again like last week, but I think that role of having him pushed higher up the pitch is really helping him. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know about uh, you guys, but what was taught as a kid technique about the striker ball was definitely not as uh, Saliba's just struck it, but he ended up top corner. And uh, yeah, as I said, centre half, wrong peg, brilliant goal. Fred, the further that's back a good point. that Jagger plays, the worse he is, isn't he? I mean, when, he, when he's covered at centre back or left back, he's been an absolute nightmare. He's not a defensive midfielder. He wasn't a defensive midfielder for Bushy Much and Gladbach. He was a central midfielder, running everything. Yeah, uh, Trevor, I was, I was just going to come to you on, the, on, on that very point. Another assist. He's now in that more forward role that uh, the two Dannys talked about. Um, you know, w- what's your thoughts on, without going into as much detail as we did last week, on, on Shaka's continuing uh, improvement? Well, you can't put many more words on it, Ferguson. We already have it. Another, another excellent game at Bournemouth. Um, and, and long may it continue. And I see no reason why it won't continue. And, Maybe we've all been a bit wrong when we've made judgments of him. I've been one of his harshest critics at times, you know, and I hold my hands up to that. But I won't criticise for the sake of criticising. I've got to say, this season, it looks like we've signed a new player. He's further up the pitch. He looks up a bit more vision. And and he's that much further up the pitch. Did I say it last week? But I actually sat there thinking to myself, Jack is a bit short of pace here. If only he had another yard in them legs. 
he'd have been throwing a couple of them through balls, you know. And I've never thought that about Xhaka before. So that's it. He's playing further up the field. He's getting more forward positions. And of course, as, as Dan, oh, these bloody Dan's are doing me edit. As, as Dan with the Arsenal shirt just said, we've got so many players now pulling players everywhere. He's going to find more space. We've got creativity everywhere. So Xhaka's going to find more space. And what he has proven is that when he's got that space, he plays really well. So love it. Love it. More of it, please. So we went into half time. The Saliba chant has gone all over the place. Uh, and for the benefit of Kai, yes, uh, there was a period when many Gooners uh, never actually believed they would be discussing Saliba's performance for the Arsenal, but it's happening. It's happening because he's playing for the Arsenal now. He's not playing for a French league team. Uh, he's now actually uh, showing the belief that some people had who have watched him more. But for many Arsenal fans, like myself, we didn't watch and see him uh, previously. So if we go into the second half, Gabriel Jesus uh, scored a goal um, that was disallowed. And there was something else but an offside, I believe, with Zinchenko early in the first half. And again, this is a conversation myself and Trev had. And we were looking at where they zoomed in on these sort of VAR decisions and the pixelized, uh, pixelized um, uh, pictures that the they picture. Yeah, it was pixelized, isn't it? So pixelated even. So if you look at that, so this is the, the 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 VAR decision that they had with Jesus, and how can they tell the line on 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 these pictures when you see it? It is just not impossible. I'm just going to play the video and then we'll talk again. Trev, I'm going to go to you because it was in particular the conversation we had. Oh, he's just uh, offside. Let's go back to the beginning. Sorry. Odegaard supplies the ball. Dangerous again. Odegaard, Jesus, a classy finish from Gabriel Jesus. Four nil. Go on, Trev. You got to say. Firstly, Fergus, I was annoyed because I had a five on Arsenal win four nil, which infuriated me. <laughs> but I was determined that I wasn't going to get stuck into VAR too much this season. I was absolutely adamant in my mind. I was not going to come on this podcast or anywhere in the pub and and, and get stuck into VAR because it ruined it got in your mind and it ruined the experience of football. And to be honest with you, that one there, I, you know, I'm, I, I can put that aside because it could have been either way. It's a blurry picture. I'd have loved us to score the goal, but we won three 0 um, I'm not going to harp on about it. Don't worry. But when when Mike Dean doesn't give that blatant hair pull, that's got me all talking about VAR again last week. Got me all talking about it, and then. You know, you see these blurry pictures, and and I'm saying now that yeah, it could have been offside. It could might not have been offside because they were that blurred. But what can you do, Fergus? We've got it. It's here. I'm not going to let it do me heading like it did last year. I'm determined not to, mate. It ruins the experience. No, I I, I agree, and it's the inconsistency, and um, as we've used the phrase before. The opportunity to compromise the game uh, just becomes more and more evident. Let's let's look at the VAR as it runs through, and then uh, Danny Gunning, I'll come to you on it. To Arsenal, it's off. Oh, he's just offside. So Gabriel Jesus will have to call again. Back to three nil, and he's just found so, out. So, Danny, talk to us about um, the one of the experience in the stadium uh, because you're. Drunk, of course. Uh, but um, you're you're um, you're in the stadium. How much did you get to see of that? 
again. To, to be honest, before they even pulled it up on VAR, I turned to the guy next to me and said, I think he's a mile offside. So I actually, it looked to me as if he was a lot further offside than that. Obviously, from the replay, it was very, very close, but it did look offside to me. Um, I think the biggest issue with VAR, I think the offsides will, will get sorted. I think offside is a factor, either on or you're off. The semi-automated offsides that they're now trialling, I think, will speed things up. But the frustration is the way that the refereeing has been changed because of VAR. And I think the referees normally would have pulled up a few, few issues before with a few bookings or a few red cards that they're now not giving because they think VAR will review it and then pull them off if they need to change it. Um, the offsides for me don't don't worry me too much. I think it is pretty factual. It is frustrating the length of time that it takes and it is frustrating when you can't see it in the ground. But I think that will speed up. Daddy broke up on the land. Um, the quality of the pictures that they're using, the zooming in and getting a blurry, pixelized image. Uh, they've got ultra HD t uh, TV cameras in there. They've got like spider cams. They've got everything else. Yet, you, yet again, they're using the poorest quality cameras at the side um, to do the VAR, in particular the offside. Um, do you think that's that's fair? Is that the the video, the the photos they give us, so they can bamboozle us a little bit? Because I'd imagine they've got full four K, but I am a little bit. No, worried about I, I, there was an there was an article on Talk Crap, and uh, and they were talking, and I'm a couple of podcasts I've heard, <clears> and they said that the, the the quality of cameras that they're using, there's seven cameras in the ground that they use, um, and those cameras are not the the top quality cameras because. Not all games are TV games, although they are in the Premier League. But if you know what I mean, they're not all filmed by Sky and BT. So they'll just be gone out by the Premier League and they've got less cameras on them. That's that's disgusting. I mean, look at the when the referee goes to the, the screen, that they that probably cost them about 30 grand, 30 grand for that screen on a little trolley, like a little R2-D2 with a, with a cheap Matsui TV stuck to his head. And I've got a 55-inch 4K TV in my bedroom that cost me 250 quid. No. I mean, why don't you exactly. get one of those where you can see it in better quality? It's because they don't give a damn. There's no one to 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 um, to question them. Not, if, the, if the managers say anything, they get ten, twenty thousand pound game suspension, and and the media that they just uh, are ignored by the media because uh, if they would have been half these referees that have been refereeing wouldn't be wouldn't be refereeing. But they again, you look at the nonsense that went off in France at the weekend. Eleven players sent off in one weekend. It's uh, refereeing oh, wow. all over the world is a nightmare. I, don't, I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that. So, yeah, three um, sent off for Saint Etienne in the second division for one team. Why? I don't know. Maybe the cheese a was a bit running. <laughs> the cheese wasn't 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 smelly enough. Uh, they've they've got issues in France anyway with them, you know, crowd pro problems and stuff. Anyway, they, I think the French football is in a little bit of a state to a certain degree. Um, listen, uh, we do run this uh, for love. Um, but we do like um, adulation and appreciation. We're trying to get to a thousand uh, subscribers on the YouTube channel. We've gone over the uh, seven hundred. So if you are watching, you like what we do, hit the little bell on YouTube. Even if you listen to the audio, please jump onto YouTube, look at Guns and Yellow Ribbons, hit the bell. A thousand apparently is the magic figure that it means we can do some other little bits and pieces on there. Um, next game coming up, um, uh, sorry, that, that was our, our third win in the row. Uh, the first time we've won uh, three games in the season for 18 years. 
Um, we haven't done that since 2004, 2005, which Trevor doesn't remember because he was very drunk. Uh, our next fixture is Arsenal v Fulham. Danny, we're meeting up for beers probably about... Oh, tell the wife three, but it'll probably be one. Um uh, what what are we looking forward to this one? Mitrovic. Okay, look at Mitrovic. He's been in the Premier League with uh, Fulham before. He's been in the Premier League with uh, Newcastle before and been, uh, you know, a, a repetitive failure in the Premier League. But look at the first three games of the season. He he bullied Liverpool and he's, he's scoring goals. Are you worried about Mitrovic? Danny? Danny Gunning? Danny oh, sorry. Gunning. That's what I thought. We're, we're meeting for beers. That would have been a clue, you know. That's why I didn't say anything. Unless, unless <laughs> exactly. I'm going to turn up. If I'm going to come yeah. and get me. <laughs> it was a daddy that threw me. Um, yeah, to be honest with you, I think I've, I've been impressed with him. But I, I'm not, again, I'm not quite sure I'll get the criticism of him in the previous years. I mean, the Premier League is a tough league for anyone to, to come up from the Championship and, and score goals. But he is, a, I think, a very good all-round striker. He's good in the air, can hold the ball up. He's got a bit of pace. He can definitely finish. Um, he seems to have played better against teams that play high up the pitch and, and give him space to run in behind as well and work the channel. I think we'll probably do that a little bit as well. So he's definitely going to be a threat. But look, we've um, we've got a great, a great back four now, back five. And uh, I've got, got no worries about handling him. I think Fulham, well, as any team are, as they come up, are always up for the games. Very spirited beginning of the season. But... You know, we're the home side, we're on a good run, um, we're going to keep it going and then we're going to win the next couple of home games. So, no issues for me. Uh, Burkham, on the land, Danny? I'm just What's looking at previous on results. Fulham and what are you... Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at previous results. We've played them 31 times in the Premier League and we've beaten them 21, drawn six and lost three. And the last time they beat us was Jan 2012. But the last time we played them at home, April 2021, we drew 1-1. So these are back in the dark days. They are, I mean, they've got Bert Leno in goal, which is going to be great for them. But there is going to be goals in this game because uh, I think that team has to rely on scoring goals, which is how they've managed to get um, all those um, promotions from the championship every other year. And they're going to be a they're going to be a handful. But I'm surprised that Mitrovic cannot turn. I mean, we've seen back over the years how many times you've had a player in the championship score 20, 30 goals a season. And then after a couple of years, he's doing that in the Premier League. But for someone to score, was it 46 goals last season or 42 in 46? And then yeah, every, something like that. Every, yeah. every time he does it, he's getting 30, 35 goals a season. Comes back to the Prem, scores three or four. But this season might be the one for him because it uh, looks like he's got a better eye for goal and he's got better players playing around him. They've kept the core of the team that went got relegated a couple of years ago. So it's going to be goals, and then we we'll smash them. Maybe something like five-one or something like that. But and we're at home, and we'll have the crowd. I mean, if we were away at Bournemouth, and we were the, the loudest part of that crowd of only a thousand people there, then uh, and, and Palace we were really loud. I think the away fans are, are just showing they, they've dragged Arsenal through games through the dark times, and now they're, they're living in the, in the the sunny uplands of uh, of Arsenal being great again. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to smash them. So give us your score prediction, and then I'll go and have a chat. One. Trev, uh, uh, Mitrovic, uh, does he worry you? Is there anybody else in that Fulham size that wor- that worries you? Well, because how many times do I have to tell you something? I don't give a damn about the opposition. I don't know who plays for him and I don't care. But since you asked me about Mitrovic, Mitrovic is a class striker. I'm surprised he still plays at Fulham, actually. I'm, I'm surprised he's not plying his wares somewhere else now. But um, 
I, I think the Mitrovic is too alone in that Fulham team. I think that with a defence like we've got, with the quality we've got in defence, we will easily look after them. I might be made to eat my own words here. And I'm going to say the same as last week, Fergus. I'm going to, I'm going to say we'll keep a clean sheet. I'm going to go against Danny. I'll say keep a clean sheet and we'll score at least two. I'm hopeful for four. Um, well, just just before you go to, to Dan Gunning, mate, um, I just sent you a WhatsApp from my Facebook memories. I forgot to send it to I've you got, earlier. I've got, I've got it, yeah. Years ago. It's very interesting reading, mate. Sorry, Dan, your turn, mate. Yeah, did, did, did we come back to that one, uh, Trev. Go on. Yeah, of course, yeah. Dan? Yeah, I'm going to go for 3-0. I, I don't often go for a clean sheet for us, but um, I think we are looking a lot more solid. I think the team is very settled. I'm not even sure that a couple of the other guys on the bench get back into the side, if I'm honest. I think Tommy Asu probably does. I still think when they're both fit at the moment, I think Zinchenko is possibly over, over Tierney. And I love Tierney to bits, but um, it's just a great place to be. So, yeah, um, we're scoring goals. Was it nine in three now? So three nil for me. Uh, I I have to agree. I think I'm I'm, I'm going to I was nearly going to do a Trev. I was nearly doing a four, but I'll I'll stick to three. We'll concede one, so I'll go three one. Um, we've all. What's that? Heath's been on the strong stuff. Six yeah, one. I know. He, he he's on the iron brew, isn't he? <laughs> we are due one though, aren't we? We we haven't had a, a big. Five or six goal uh, win that often. I know Everton at home last year at the end, but I can't. How many more we've had? We have not had big. We haven't had a big win for a good while as well. And then we got Villa on Wednesday night as well. Um, a Danish gooner, Alex, will be over uh, joining me for that one. He's staying in Casa Casa Ferg, um, so him and his friend are, are coming over, which will be really good. Um, on that note, we'll be doing a podcast on Tuesday night next week, uh, following the Fulham game ahead of the Villa game, and probably Thursday or Friday, depending on uh, how timings work out for everybody, uh, for the post-Villa game, pre-Man United game, which Trevor is going to be super excited about because it's his first time to get to see the Arsenal this season. Um, I'll be for Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Of course, <laughs> I'm building up to my first game of the season on Sunday. You're in training. He's in training. Um, okay, so let's talk about this. Uh, this WhatsApp. There's, there's two. There's two ones I, I, I'd uh, like to talk about. Well, actually, let's. Um, I'll briefly cover this one, which was uh, some of the stats that came out about Saliba: hundred percent pass accuracy, hundred percent shot accuracy, long ball. Those stats are just great. You know, it's really, really good. Some stats there for Saliba. But let's talk about this, Trev. So. Uh, Jurgen knows this is a uh, from um, from you, Trev. He's building some momentum. There's uh, a change going on at Arsenal, and uh, it's going to be devastated. The Premier League, Trev. I'll leave it over to you from Jurgen Klopp. It popped up on my Facebook memories today, Fergus, and it made me giggle. That's not my words. I I, I quoted those words and, and shared them on Facebook. Slightly tongue in cheek, slightly tongue in cheek. A few people laughed. A few people said, "Let's hope," but. I mean, look at them. I mean, we've got even more hope now, haven't we? There is a definite thing happening at Arsenal. How far it's going to go, how far it's going to take us, nobody knows. But we've got to enjoy it. We've got to enjoy every single second of it. And if we have a bad performance, which is going to happen, because it's football and these things happen, we've got to put that to one side and then continue to enjoy it. Let's milk it for what it is. We're good. We're the Arsenal. 
You mentioned milk. Um, Heath has talked about, uh, you know, a glass half full full and stuff like that. But it's not milk. It's Jameson's apparently. So that's why he's he's gone for 6-1. He's got a half a glass of Jameson's. Um, Friday night, uh, we find out where our European tour starts. Uh, We've got the Europa League on Friday night. Um, I looked at... Friday afternoon, sorry, but by Friday night we'll know what, where and when we're, we're going sort of thing. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping to get to a few of them. Some of the other topics that um, you guys said you'd like to talk about was um, uh, Danny Burkamp Wonderland, 19 players on loan and still lots of players to move on. Um, expand. We've got 20 now and it's soon to be 21 when Pepe eventually buggers off to Nice for the rest of the season. But most of them have got really decent loans. We've got quite a few in the championship. Harry Clark, we've had a couple that got injured. Harry Clark has got injured playing for Stoke. And I think, um, who's the bloke at Blackpool? I forget his name. Charlie Patino, that's it. I think he might have got a knock. But sometimes we farm players out because we don't want them anyway. We saw that last season with with Reese Nelson and Maitland-Niles because they had no future at Arsenal. But... I'd say about three quarters of the players that are out on loan are out on loan to get experience. And some of them are doing really well, like Aston Trusty. He's uh, he's doing really well at Birmingham. He's a centre-back. Um, Arthur Nkonkwo is, is playing for crew in the in uh, the League 2, and he is way too good for that. I mean, he got man of the match for one of the games recently with an eight rating. Um, Pablo Mari is one that we want to get rid of, and so is Runnison. But then, like, Brooke Norton Coffey, he's only 18 and he's gone to Rotherham in the Championship on loan. And that kid, um, as we've seen from anybody who's watched the under-21s, under-23s and 18s before, he has got a hell of a future ahead of him. And then, uh, like, Marcel Flores, he's another one. He's playing in the Spanish Second Division, another one who's doing really well. But most of these players have gone in, apart from the ones in Holland, and are playing first-team football, which we've had so many problems over the years when a player would be loaned out and then they wouldn't get a game all season. They'd be sat on the bench. But it's really good to see that finally, I mean, we know, and you know about the Tavares and Balogun in France doing wonders yeah. there. So it's great to see. I mean, Marseille are now Arsenal reserves with uh, Gwenduzi, uh, Alexis Sanchez and Kolasinic and uh, and now um, Tavares. It's really good. It's nice to um, see. Trev, your thoughts on 18, 19, 21 players on loan? It's, it's only got to be good for, it's only got to be good for the future, hasn't it? You're on, Trevor, you're on mute. do you want to come yeah. off mute? Um, sorry about that. Fergus put me on mute and I forgot to take myself off it. Um, well, I've, I've got no problem with it. I absolutely agree with Danny. We, we, everyone we've got out on loan, you're thinking, well, not everyone, but most of the people we've got out on loan, you're thinking, young player, going to get experience. And, of course, Saliba, as, as, as in my book, has increased my faith in a loan spell. We all questioned it. It was gone a long time. But look at what we've got back. All we've got to do now is sign him to a longer contract and, and we reap the rewards. So I've got no problem with it. We've got one. Are that, you said we've got loads of players still to get rid of, Fergus. I, I wouldn't say we've got loads. We've got one or two, maybe three that we'd like to like to maybe move on. But we're in a great place. We're in a great place. I am not going to get negative tonight. We're in a great place. So, so you say one or two players. Who's that one or two? Pepe is more or less out the door now. So... We've got Maitland Niles, really. Would you say after that, there's just kids, well, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's why it's one or two for me. I mean, you put, try and pull names out of my head that I probably won't be able to say. But when you talk about Maitland Niles, Maitland Niles has never let us down. He was messed around when he first came into the side, played every position on the field, wasn't allowed to settle into a 
into a position as a younger player. You know, he'd be left midfield or left back or right mid. He'd play anywhere for the club. So I feel a bit sorry for Maitland-Niles because I just think he's a little bit like all of that group that came through with Maitland-Niles, your Reese Nelson and your Willocks. They're all just that tiny little bit below the standard we want. They're really good players, but not quite Arsenal players. So I feel for Maitland-Niles. I wouldn't mind if he stayed on a bit, and it, but he wouldn't get much game time. So, yeah, um, Pepe's got to move on because if there's a good player in Pepe, which we there must be for the money we paid, I don't think we're ever going to see it at Arsenal. I think he needs to go abroad, play a different style of football in a different league. But other than that, mate, we're just we're flying, aren't we? We're really in a good place. We really are in a good place. You know, even the manager. We've got a young manager. We've got a young team. We've got a backroom staff, like Dan Gunning said earlier. We've got a backroom staff second to none and watching them on this series we've just watched and how they are and how they conduct themselves and how they look after the players. It just just makes me even prouder to be an Arsenal fan, mate. I've got nothing bad to say. Um, the uh, Dan um, Gunning, uh, if you want to follow up on that and the impact of Jesus and Jinchenko, the like the, the how that's improved the current squad as well. So, like you know, it's brought the technical ability up. Do you think? And it, it's brought uh, it's made players rise and, and and raise their game. Do you think? Yeah, I think firstly looking at the players alone, I, I won't go too much on that. I think. The only thing to be careful about is you look at what Chelsea have done over the last few years. They've had an awful lot of players out on loan and actually it hasn't resulted in them coming back into the squad. And in fact, players like the likes of Salah and De Bruyne that they've sold off and have had success elsewhere. So we need to be careful that we're actually building success for ourselves and not for other clubs. Um, I think in terms of players to get out the door, I think immediately it looks like Pepe's gone on loan. I still think Maitland-Niles, Bellerin, for me, Cedric isn't good enough as well. Um, I think long-term we'll see holding go as well. Um, not an urgent player to get out the door, but I think we'll see him go. And then I think we'll we'll bring in a left centre-back, a right-back, a winger and a central midfielder. I think that's the way the team will develop. But um, back to Jesus and Zinchenko. Yeah, I think it's one technical ability. You've seen him on the ball. You know, For Jesus to nudge his man, take the ball out of the air the way he did, just turn, run at the players and go past two or three players. We, we haven't had that sort of player for, for quite a few years that is at that level. You know, I, I could probably think of the likes of, of Sanchez when he came in that could do it. But he, he looks like he could really be that, that top-level player that takes us up to challenging as opposed to just top four. Um, Zinchenko as well, I think his attitude is, is fantastic. And he, he looks like a leader. He looks like he enjoys playing. I've also seen him turn around and clap the fans an awful lot and engage with the fans, which is which is huge in terms of you know, being a likable player. But they seem to bring out the best in the players around them. You know, they don't seem to have big egos. They don't seem to have an attitude problem so far. They're enjoying and looking forward to playing for the club and they're playing for the badge. And I think that's all you can ask of the players. Uh Trevor, um, there was another question that was put in here, and I will f- probably finish on this one. Um, how many players do you think that we really need on top of what we've got to make a push for the top? And, you know, are we title challengers? Do you know what, Fergus? If if we weren't, if you told me that we're going to go for a season and not pick up many injuries, I'll be very happy with what we got. 
because we got covering a lot of positions with, with a few players. But having said that, I would like to see another midfielder in the Xhaka party position. And I've always been, I've always been one to have a great big meathead of a striker in in the squad. You know, he's not going to play every week. But if you come up against the side and you're banging against the shut door, banging against the shut door, banging against the shut door, and you want to change it, if you change Jesus for Enketia, you're getting a bit of a likeness, really. You know, Enketia is not a big, not a massive lad. He's, he's, he's growing, he's maturing. So I'd just like to see, sign a great big meathead of a striker who's probably going to play 10 games a season. And if we're in trouble, he's going to come on the field and start kicking people and try and change the game. Uh, Danny Burkamp, Wonderland, uh, anything that you'd like to, to, you know, what do you think we need? Sorry, I've got problems with my, my, my screen is frozen in front of me. I'm trying to get on another way so I can do some other bits. Um, uh, how many players do you think we need? And do you think, are we titled, uh, you know, are we title challengers? I know it's probably Man City, but are we there or thereabouts? Are getting there? Uh, the big test is going to come in the Europa League because we need a much bigger squad so that we can. Um, we've got, or we've got at least. I think if we're going to get very close to the final, and that's going to be 15 games to get to the final, and they're trying to squish as many games in as possible before the World Cup. So the players go off for the World Cup in, uh, I think it's mid-November, and so the likes of Maitland Niles and, and Suarez and, and Nelson and uh, who else have we got in there? I mean, I'm surprised Pepe isn't included in that lot. But these players are going to be needed when we're playing Wednesday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, week after week. Because at the moment, we have got a strong squad. But like um, like the others were saying, we do need someone, a big lump up front for, for a, a, a route B to goal. The wonderful one for me would have been, whose name I can't pronounce, the Italian striker from Sosolo that signed for West Ham. The one who, who's tattooed and looks like a, an absolute nut job. He was only 35 million quid. He's a fantastic player. He's got skills. He's, he's hard as nails. He's young. And that's an alternative because as much as we all like Eddie, Eddie can't header a ball. Eddie is uh, not sure whether he's a striker or whether he's he's, he's a wide player. Um, and sometimes, even though he's six foot one, you look him out there, Eddie looks like he's about five foot eight. He looks a little bit lost at times. And um, I think he's something for the future because he's only, what, how old is he? He's um, 21, I think. Um, Eddie, 23. Oh, he's yep. getting on a bit. But we do need, because luckily we've got a team where we've got goals from most places now, but you're not going to have regular goals from most places. Like Martinelli's been playing brilliantly. He's going to go off the boil a little bit, then Saka will come on. But we need someone who's, who's going to get us goals. I mean, we saw last season, if we'd have had Jay Susu as last season, we'd have maybe have finished third in the league. Could have even pushed for more stuff. But that's what we need. We need goals and probably someone to cover in central midfield because... When it's a big game, I don't think El Nenny, as much as we all love him, I don't think he's up to the job of, maybe Xhaka isn't even up to the job of, of partnering party when it comes to playing against the big teams. So we, a couple of players and we'll be fine. But that Europa League run, we're going to need a lot of players that aren't Premier League, top Premier League quality players to play for us. Agreed. Uh, briefly, um, Dan Gunning, do you want to add anything to that? And uh, then we'll go for a close. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on my phone here to just try and catch up on everything. So this is all frozen in front of me. <laughs> no, I think I think in terms of um, players to bring in, for me, the priority is still a right winger because I think now Pepe's gone, other than Saka, I don't think we have much cover. And I think an injury to Saka, and that, that could be a gap that, that leaves us short. So I, I definitely say a right winger needs to come in. 
I think a central midfielder, if we can get a top quality midfielder in, I'd be ha happy to take one. Yeah, long term, I think we still need another striker and a centre back, as I said. But for me, still right back. I think we've we've got depth, but I think we lack quality. I know Ben White can cover. Um, for me, it's still very much square peg in a round hole. Um, Tommy Asu, I think, brilliant. But if he's injured for me, I, I wouldn't like to see the likes of Cedric playing or Bellerin. So I still think an attacking fullback long term is someone that we can that we need. Um, you know, we do have other players that can play right wing, like Vieira, like was in the chat. But for me, that's still very square peg round hole. He's more in the Erdegaard mould, I think, than, than an out-and-out -out winger. Um, and Marquinhos, okay. for me, is, is just so raw and so young that we can't really judge him. So we need someone that can come in, hit the ground running now, um, probably with a bit of Premier League experience as well. Okay, brilliant. Listen, uh, I've asked uh, a couple of times already tonight, uh, hit the like button uh, and hit the subscribe on YouTube uh, if you can. Uh, Trevor, go on, you were going to finish up on there. Go on. I just it's just interesting listening to what Daniel was saying there because I, I see we see it different ways. I couldn't drop White for for Tommy Asin at the moment. White keeps his place for me, and if we were to lose a right sided player further up the field, I would have no hesitation in playing White at right back and Tommy Asin further up the field. And don't forget, White has also played as a defensive midfielder, hasn't he? And and he never let anyone down when he played in that position. So. It's really interesting listening to the conversations and, and the different ways we're all viewing what we're doing at the moment. But the good thing is, the, the excellent thing is, we've got all these things to talk about. It's all positive, all good. In years gone by, all we did was say, well, he didn't try, he didn't try. How can the fans support that load of rubble? And we've not said it once tonight because we're good. We're back. And Fergus, you, you asked a question I didn't answer just now. Can Arsenal win the league this season? Absolutely, they can win the league. Are they going to win the league? I've always said I thought Man City would win it this year and we'd be pushing for second. But it's not impossible. Who knows? Who knows? It's a long season and we're right in it. And and the fact that we can say that again, Fergus, shows how much we've come on. If you'd have asked me three or four seasons ago, can Arsenal win the league? I'd have laughed at you. And now I'm saying it myself. We absolutely can win the league. Unlikely, but we can win the Football League this year. Seven points ahead of Liverpool already. That's not bad, is it? They're playing catch-up. Absolutely, catch up. Danny. Absolutely, <laughs> Danny. That's my point, mate. You've just got to win before we go to... Go before we go, before we go, Before we go to um, uh, the exit and the goodbyes and everything else, I just think we need to have a little bit of this. together when you play that stop doing it i love it it's it's, it's the arsenal tune now isn't it it brings a cheer to because it reminds me of what we're all about and i'm sorry stan the man i know you're not treating yourself <laughs> you'll, have to live with it. you'll have to live with it my old mate 
there are a few that don't like it, but I think overall, I, I just like the anthem side of things. Uh, I'm really struggling with my screen is totally frozen on here. Uh, it's down to uh, Magic Mike, um, Mike Feinberg from Gunnar V Cancer. He sent me a couple of clips, which I wanted to share on the screen for you guys. Uh, Mike is doing a Gunnar V Cancer fundraising event um, on the Friday, the 2nd of um, September. I think it's 7 p.m. It's in Ridley Road Market. Um, in the in There's a, a hall halfway down Ridley Road Market. Uh, it's about five, six quid uh, for a ticket. Uh, so get yourself onto Gunnar V Cancer on uh, Twitter. There's a link to that let me just see if i can get the, the name of the link um the name of the link is two seconds is uh www.gvclive.com so get yourself on there buy yourself a ticket uh they've got quite a few people uh coming on tom canton from various different pod podcasts and uh, let me see if i can find out who's coming on so what he's got I, I will do, mate. I, my, my whole laptop's just frozen up, so that's why I'm doing it from my phone. Sophie Nicolau's over. Sophie Nicolau's over. Tom Canton, James Benj, FK. I thought FK meant me, uh, but it's uh, it's FK Henge from uh, the Latter Firm podcast. Harry Simeon's going to be there. Uh, and apparently the football gerbil might make actually uh, an appearance. Um, there are prizes, there's everything. And it's all in aid of um, uh, a leukemia charity, a cancer charity that Mike is close to his heart because uh, he lost his dad to it about 10 years ago. So listen, I'm going to try and make my way down there that night as well. So a few beers and, and a laugh down Ridley Road, uh, just in Dalston. Um, it's not too far away. It'll be all right. Just uh, bring your stab vest. <laughs> oh, burgers, easy, easy. I, I, my mother-in-law lives around the corner. I, I, my, my, my grandkids, everybody. It, it's, it, it's, it's a great area. It's really, it is really great, but it, it does have its, um, does have its charms and it has its challenges. Um, Danny Burkamp Wonderland. Um, yes. Tell, tell the people where they can find you, and uh, the guys are recording the podcast on the other screen for you now as well. Uh, you can find me in, in the bushes around the back of Mike Feinberg's house. I'll be waiting there with a ski mask <laughs> on. I'm going to have him kill him, put him in a suitcase and chuck him in the swimming pool. Uh, Bird Camp Wonderland, just go and type that on, on any research engines and it will come up with a 10th season of doing utter nonsense. And yeah, still going semi-strong. There's a, them lot over there doing it at the moment. I don't do the podcast much anymore, but I do do the pre-game shows, the post-game shows. I do a loan watch every week where I talk about all the players that are out on loan, how they've done, who they played against and their performance. So last night, so I got it down to about 22 minutes, which for me is an absolute miracle. So that's where you can find us. Brilliant. Uh, uh, Moroccan Sunset, Dan. Um, I so want to hit the button on here to play your Saliba bit. I've got it all queued up, but I can't do it because on my laptop and it's frozen. Uh, where can they find you? Drunk in a corner, block five? Yeah, you'll find me staying around somewhere. Um, where are we on the weekend? Eaglet probably, or one of those. So uh, I'll, I'll uh, I've got to go to Tully to pick. I got to I got to pick up a Man United ticket. So I've got to go to Tully first at some point. Could even be in both. Bit of a bit of a bar crawl, but I'll be around there somewhere. I'm sure you. If you stay around long enough after the game, or one, and I've had a few beers, I'll be singing either on my own or with someone somewhere. Don't worry. Yeah, we're normally by the Tony Adams statue, drunk as a lord, yeah. singing stupid songs, and I'm getting the words wrong, don't I? <laughs> very often, very often. 
You'll even find me on the tube on the way home still singing, most probably. I'm that annoying guy that just can't get the song out of my head. <laughs> Trev. I'd just be over the moon if we, I'm trying not to get my expectations too high. I'm full of hope. I'm full of confidence about our great club. I, I just I would love to go to Man United with uh, 15 points in the bank and five games unbeaten. I think that that would create one hell of an atmosphere at Old Trafford, and uh, and and we can go there and we can win there comfortably as well. I don't care what they've done against Liverpool. But as I've said earlier, and as we've said all night, Fergal. We've spoken about it. Enjoy this. We've waited a long time. It's only three games in the season, but we're top of the league, playing really well. We've got great players all over the field, field a great manager, great backroom staff. Love the Arsenal. That's what we do as supporters. Love the Arsenal, because that's what I do. Oh, don't play that music again, Fergus. Don't start me off. Uh, you, don't, you don't want me to play that, no? <laughs> no. Not even that? Sorry, Trev. Uh, I didn't mean to get you all. Ferg, Ferg, you've got to just say that that clip there, that was actually filmed, that was actually taken from the balcony of one of the flats outside the ground. The first time we sung that song. That that sound is not added. That was where it was caught, outside the ground like that. Amazing. Yes, Amazing. It was Lewis, Lewis Dunford's mate's flat, uh, which is yeah. by there. And Lewis was in the stadium at the time, which we saw in the documentary. Guys, listen, you have been watching Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. We do this for love. We're not after clicks. We're not after... Well, we are actually for subscribers and stuff. But we we, 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 we do it for love. We're, we don't do it for a living. Um, we're just, as you've seen for the last hour and 10 minutes, we just chat. Arsenal. We try to be positive. We try to look at the um, the Jameson glass half full rather than the Jameson glass half empty like this one here. Uh, well, that's totally empty, actually. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, if you like what we do, click... What's that? Like Spurs Trophy Cabinet, absolutely. <laughs> if you like what we do, guys, <laughs> if you like what we do, uh, you know what to do. Thanks very much. And any one last thing to say, up the Arsenal. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.